0: Attention, this podcast contains subject matter that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. From out of the darkness, you hear voices that send shivers down your spine. That feeling of dread is undeniable when you notice the monster under the bed is trembling. The aliens are scrambling to get back to the mothership, and the vampires are refusing to rise. Your reptilian overlords are pleased to force on you two humans they swear are not their captives. Your hosts, Michael and Wendy. This is Eerie and Absurd.
1: Welcome back to Eerie and Absurd. I'm Mike. I'm Wendy. And this is Missing Monday, episode five. Five. Yeah. And it's also local.
2: Yeah. It's Sumner. Sumner mm-hmm. Sumner County. Today's Missing Monday is going to be about Shauna and Zaylee Fryer from Millersville, Tennessee. All right. And first off, I'm going to cite my sources, which is Smoky Barn News. There is a News 4 video, uh, Search Continues for Zaylee Fryer by Cynthia Williams, Tennessee Missing and Unsolved. We're going to link the Namus page, the Charlie Project, and I have multiple articles from the Tennessean that I'm going to also link in our show notes. All right. Zaylee Grace Fryer was born on January the 14th of 2011 to Shauna Marie Fryer and Thurman McMurray Jr. According to an article by the Tennessean, the same day that Zaylee was born, her father Thurman was arrested and booked into the Robertson County Jail for previously assaulting Zaylee's mom, Shauna. For the next few months, Shauna and Zaylee were homeless and moving from couch to couch, relying on relatives and friends for a place to stay until they finally kind of landed at Michael Fryer's home and Michael is Shauna's estranged husband, and so they arrived at his house on April 29th of 2011. It really was not uncommon for Shauna to contact Michael if she needed help, if she needed a ride, or if she needed a place to stay. Uh, Michael and Shauna had actually gotten married back in 1999. They separated in 2005, but they never actually got divorced legally, but they were apparently They remained like really good friends over the years. You know, he was just somebody that she could rely on. They did meet each other when she was 15, and he was actually 25. On May 1st of 2011, Michael Fryer left his residence on C. Smith Street around 9 p.m. to go to the store. When he returns, Shauna and Zaley are not there, but Shauna's car is actually still in the driveway. He doesn't think too much about them like being gone until after a significant amount of time. And he actually notices that Shauna's wallet, her cell phone are still at the house, even her car keys which would have probably had like her house key on there if he gave her one to where they live. But not only that, Zaylee's diaper bag and all of her belongings were still there. And so anybody that's had a child or even if you've babysat a child, you have to take their diaper bag.
1: Yeah, it's unusual to leave things you definitely are going to need.
2: Exactly. Like a
1: car, a diaper bag. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: And, you know, just have formula. All of her stuff was still there. It's, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So Michael ends up reporting Shauna and Zaylee missing. But he does this four days later on May the 5th of 2011.
1: Yeah, so four days is kind of a long time.
2: Yeah, it is a long time. But, you know, Shauna is an adult and Zaley is her daughter. And he just offered him a place to stay. And at that moment, he didn't have any, I guess, fear of imminent danger. Yeah,
1: there's no reason to suspect something nefarious.
2: Exactly. But also, Shauna had actually disappeared before, but she always returned. So this wasn't uncommon for her to leave for a couple of days maybe and come back. Now, from what I can gather, this was the first time this had occurred with the baby. Michael stated that when he previously had reported her missing, local police had told him that he had to wait 72 hours before a report could even be filed because she's an adult.
1: Yeah, and she's disappeared before. So, like, this happened quite a bit, I guess.
2: So, we know that she disappeared at least four times previously. But as previously stated, she always would return. Unfortunately, Shauna had a prior history of drug abuse, and it appears that this was something that she'd been struggling with for a few years. She had previously also been convicted of reckless endangerment with a deadly weapon, child neglect in 2007, two accounts of aggravated assault in 2008, she had, you know, violations with her probation, and in 2009, she had a felony child abuse and neglect. Now, Zaylee was the youngest of Shauna's eight children, and at the time of her disappearance, with the exception of Zaylee, Shauna didn't have legal custody of her other children. Unfortunately, one child passed away well before Zaylee was ever born and the others all lived with, like, relatives, including the two children that she shared with Michael. Now, at the time of her disappearance, though, loved ones say that Shauna was happy, she was doing well, she was taking her mothering responsibilities seriously and doing everything she could to be the loving mother that Zaley deserved. So she had the sordid past history, but she was really trying to do better. Mm-hmm. On May the 7th of 2011, the Nashville Metro Police actually started receiving multiple phone calls reporting that a body was floating in the Cumberland. When police go to investigate, the gate, they do discover the body of a white female in the Cumberland River near the Jefferson Street Bridge. Michael Fryer is actually called in and provided with pictures of tattoos that were on the body to determine if they actually belonged to Shauna since the body matched her description, and it was definitely Shauna. Unfortunately, there were no signs of trauma anywhere on Shauna's body and police had no idea if she died before or after she was in the river. So, everybody was basically just going to wait until an autopsy was performed for any potential answers.
1: So, where is the baby, Zaylee?
2: Nobody knows. The police continued to search on foot and also used their helicopter to fly up and down the Cumberland, searching for baby Zaley to see if maybe she was on the shore. If she was in the Cumberland, maybe they would see her. However, they were unsuccessful and they could not find her anywhere. So the entire time that this is happening, Zaylee's father, Thurman, he was still in jail and he didn't get released until after Shauna's body had been discovered. So initially, not knowing that Shauna and Zaylee were missing, he kept trying to get in touch with Shauna to check on her and Zaylee and make sure everything's good because, you know, he's got a new baby at home. It's stated that he knew something wasn't right when he couldn't get in touch with her, like after multiple attempts. And according to Thurman, once he was released, the plan was for all of them to meet back up and get a place together. But there's not a lot he can do while he's incarcerated. Sure. And if he can't get a hold of her and then he's probably called other people, then they probably can't. So that's probably concerning and frustrating too. By July of 2011, Governor Bill Haslam offers rewards for three open cases that are in Tennessee. One of those cases happens to be Zale's, and he's offering five thousand dollars for information leading to zaley's whereabouts but there's still nothing nothing pans out potential leads go nowhere and the case goes cold and we still don't know what happened to shauna i just want to yeah. make that clear as well.
1: Don't um, know no, no, if it was an accident or if she had been killed.
2: The autopsy report was never released and it was going to take a few weeks anyways for like toxicology and stuff and so nobody knows anything. It's just cold. Nobody's really kind of getting any information. That's until 2015 when the Millersville Police Department gets a new police chief named David Hinman. So Hinman started looking at the city's cold case files and discovered that Shauna and Zaylee's case files were missing. Apparently the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation had the files. Henman requested the files back and once he gets them from the tbi he discovers something shocking some sources state that police originally believed that Shauna had left to possibly buy drugs and took Zaley with her in the process. Now, I could not find any information on how long Michael was gone. There was one source that said he had actually went to the hospital to visit somebody, and then others were like he just went to the store. Millersville bill is very rural, so mm-hmm. I don't know how far away he's having to go to get to the store. Is it a 30-minute drive? Is it five seconds down the road? Was it just a gas station? So, there's some information there that we don't have. Right. But what Hinman actually discovers is a Report that the Millersville police apparently knew nothing about. It's a forensic report reclassifying Shauna and Zaylee's disappearance as a homicide.
1: Millersville police—they didn't know it was classified as a homicide. Right? That's what they're saying? Uh Uh-huh. For how long?
2: For over three years. It had been classified as a homicide. What I can tell you is that the new leadership didn't know that it had been reclassified as a homicide. We don't know the exact details of what is in the report, but we do know it focused heavily on the location of Shauna's death, which was near her home in Millersville. After her murder... Her killer drove her body to Nashville and then dumped her in the Cumberland River. So, before we didn't even know, so nobody knew this information. Yeah. This is like four years later. A TBI spokesman named Josh Devine did release a statement concerning the Friar case through email. And in an article written by Nicole Young for the Tennessean in the 2015, she provided some of that information. So, Michael, I want if you will read what was provided.
1: Though we did not have a formal request from the District Attorney General, we found ourselves for some time in a leadership role on this matter. The results of our lab analysis were made available to the District Attorney General and our personnel, but not explicitly to Millersville Police. We were more than receptive, however, to discuss the case and evidence when the new leadership in the department expressed an interest several weeks ago in pursuing the investigation more directly.
2: So basically...
1: Nobody asked, so they didn't bother to provide information.
2: Yeah, and it seems like even without a formal request, we were kind of just placed in charge of this from old leadership, but we're more than happy to help now.
1: It'd be nice to have everybody on the same page the whole time.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Due to this forensic report, Chief Hinman said that him and his detectives were going to interview everyone again to see if any stories had changed throughout the years. So the persons of interest list contained about half a dozen names and included Michael Fryer and Thurman McMurray Jr. Hinman was able to confirm that they had two potential suspects but would not release any further information. The TBI also released an age progression drawing of what Zaley might have looked like in 2015. And then the next year in 2016, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children also released a progression photo that that we'll put up. Now, on October the 13th of 2017, Michael Fryer passed away. I wasn't able to locate any information concerning his passing. I couldn't even find an obituary. Unfortunately, Zaley's whereabouts are still unknown to this day, and Shauna's killer goes unpunished. Even with the unintentional communication breakdown that occurred between agencies, the Millersville Police Department and the TBI are still going to work together to find out what happened to Shauna and Zaley. No one knows for sure if Zaley is alive or dead, but the officers in Millersville are holding on to the hope that they will find her alive. Zaley would be 10 years old this year, and at the time of her disappearance, she was described as a biracial female with brown eyes brown hair and she also has a birthmark on her right leg so if you have any information on the death of shauna fryer or the whereabouts of zaley fryer contact the millersville police department at 615-859-2758 or you can contact the tbi at 1-800-TBI-FIND.
1: Yeah. For me, like, the dad, Thurman, being uh, a person of interest is kind of weird because he was already incarcerated. Yeah. I guess he could have had someone do it, but I don't know why. Why would you come out looking for her and seem worried? Exactly. And
2: unfortunately, a lot of the interviews that, like, a lot of our local news stations did with him and Michael Fryer and other relatives, are lost, Like, I cannot find them. All the links are broken. I was only able to find one. And that's in, um, I'm going to post the link to that one. But I cannot find any. I mean, they obviously did occur. But when I go to click on the links, they're all broken. And even doing a search on the website, you can't find them. So, I guess they've just been purged or archived and you just can't get to them anymore. Either way, it's a very interesting case. And my concern is I get that she had a sort of past of drug abuse and things like that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the reason that she left. There could be a relation to it, possibly. Mm. In my opinion, if somebody has left their house and they've left all of their items, their phone, their car keys, you know, the baby's diaper bag, I mean, if you have a child, like I always overpacked stuff because I never knew what was going to happen. It almost seems like she was forced to leave because why else would she not take her cell phone? Just the fact that there were, she had no none of her personal items with her leads me to believe that she was taken possibly against her will or thinking she was literally going to be right back in two seconds.
1: Mm. Well, if you guys have any information, contact the Millersville Police. Mm-hmm. Or the TBI. I also wanted to say thank you to everyone who signed the petition that we posted for the Thomerson and Vaughn disappearances. Oh, yeah. It looks like there's 435 supporters. Wonderful. Who need 1,000.
2: They need 1,000, Yeah.
1: So, need you guys to share that still Mm -hmm. and have people you know sign it to get to 1,000. Yeah.
2: Don't forget to like us, rate us, and review us on Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to share us with your friends and relatives and loved ones and even the people you hate. They may like us.
1: So, until next time.
2: Sharing your notes is not always a bad thing. Yeah. Tell people. Bye.
0: Until next time, fellow Absurdians, remember, everything you've heard is true. Monsters are real, and the strangers in black are not a figment of your imagination. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service. Do you have a story you want to share? Contact us at eerieandabsurd at gmail.com or visit our website at eerieandabsurd.com to submit a suggestion. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both at eerie underscore absurd.